today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Obviously, we are continuing with Hotspot Hamilton, talking about this great city and, of course, the metamorphosis, the turning of the corner, whatever it is you want to call it that the city is going through right now. Uh, and, of course, uh, how it affects all of the different industries, all of the different uh, groups, people and such, some positive, some negative. Uh, in all of this. Talking about the health industry today, joining us now is Carolyn Goss. She is the Vice President of Integrated Care, St. Joseph's Healthcare System, and is with us now. Carolyn, thanks for taking the time to join us. We appreciate this. Uh, talk to us about what your role is. What, uh, what do you do as President of Integrated Care? So I have um, a really, I think, uh interesting uh, role. So I work with St. Joseph's Hospital Mm -hmm. and also work with St. Joseph's Home Care. So what it uh, provides me is really an opportunity to work with uh, very different parts of the system and a real opportunity to see how our patients are transitioning from the hospital to the community and with the really different needs that different populations need. So my role really is around connecting the services in a way that's more integrated for patients. Uh, we've heard more and more about these synergies. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, are, are we making progress here? Is it, has it always been this way? What are we doing differently now? So I think I think we've had an opportunity to address this in a, in a few ways. So I can one example um, that we've been working on at St. Joe's since 2012 is the ICC program or the Integrated Care Program. Mm-hmm. And that has been a way for us to connect uh, p- care for patients who are receiving care in the hospital and then transitioning home mm-hmm. um, and requiring home care. So we've been able to really build a team that supports patients as they're being discharged from hospital. So it's it's literally one team. So they're not having to make new connections with new care providers in the community. We've been able to connect people using technology so that there's one healthcare record so patients aren't having to tell their stories mm. many times, which which is still a very common thing yeah. in our healthcare system. And and really what we found is our patients have been much more satisfied with that model. They feel more supported. But I think just as importantly, our care providers in the system feel more connected to each other. And that's that's really mm. important because sometimes we, we don't get to leverage each other's expertise as much as we Once should. Once you're out of the office, out of the building, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. That's right. What what's the biggest challenge with this? What, what what's because again we hear so much uh, about uh, the healthcare system mm-hmm. cost um, being cost effective and of course waste and how do we trim and you know I heard somebody that, say the other day you know when you get an operation you don't stay in the hospital very long they whip you out and whatever you know just the typical complaints and yeah. stuff how do you address all that how do you balance this so I think um, I think it's true that there are pressures in hospital we certainly see that happening in our hospitals in Hamilton and mm-hmm. throughout the province. Um, you know, a lot more patients presenting to the emergency department, more patients being admitted to hospital. We're anticipating what could be a pretty significant flu season, which p- will put more pressure. Mm. And I think it is putting pressure on the system to be more um, more creative around how we support patients. So that example of a patient going home sooner for surgery is absolutely true in many cases, mm-hmm. and certainly in our program. But we, we need to we need to organize the care in the way that patients don't feel like they're getting kicked out of hospital. Right, um, right. If they're leaving on day two instead of day five, they need to feel that that team is supporting them once they go home and that they don't feel disconnected from the team. So they have access to an 800 number that they can call the team on a 24-7 basis. We'll visit in the home or we'll connect them into the resources they need in the community. And I think it's about being much more effective at doing that. Are, pa- are patients feeling that they are a part of a different system that is trying to help them in that transition? Or do they feel they're just being kicked out and this is just something else so you can kick me out? So I'm we, just playing devil's advocate. No, and, and it's, it's been really interesting. And we've measured that. So we've, we've actually partnered with researchers from McMaster, the PATH Research Group, to measure a patient's experience. Because I think it's really important when we're changing the system 
that we don't assume that what we're doing is actually creating a better patient experience. Mm. So we've mm. we've measured, we've measured scientifically through surveys, um, but we've also done a lot of focus groups with our patients and their families, who are just as important to be getting feedback from. And what they tell us is, even though they're leaving the hospital sooner, because they are directly connected to the team and they know who the team is, they know who the coordinator is. Yeah, they can put person. a face. They can put a face yeah. to the name. They feel much. Uh, they feel much more supported going home. What about families? You talked about patients, mm-hmm. and because obviously, when there's a, an individual who needs care, a lot of the time it puts stress on the families, and so on and so forth. Whether it's mm-hmm. transportation, whether it's feeding, such. How does that yeah. all? How is that all integrated? For sure, and I think that's that's a really important piece that we've we've certainly tried to embrace in the ICC model. Um, but I know a lot of the work around even our, our frail um, elderly patients who are um, are going home either after a visit in the ED department where there's a whole team in the emergency department who are working with the patient and their families who often are, you know, bearing the burden of caring for, you know, their either their spouse or, or a parent at home. And that can be that can be very stressful and, and exhausting, frankly. So the team works with the, the patient and their family to, to develop a plan, to find resources, connect them into resources that they may not be aware of in the community and to do it in a way that that meets their needs. We often hear uh, the phrase free up beds, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, people coming in via ambulance so Mm -hmm. the ambulance can get back out there or whether it's at the other end where we're trying to discharge them but we'd have no place for them to go at this point. Mm -hmm. How much of this is an elder care issue as well? It um, That's definitely part of it. Uh, I mean, some of it is surgery, which is a lot easier to say, you know, we mm-hmm. can re- reduce the days yeah. in hospital and support them at home. It, it's a it's a very different situation where we're, we're supporting elderly patients because we, I think we have a tendency to over-medicalize or look at only the medical, their medical needs when really mm. when we're helping support <laughs> uh, patients going home. What we found in our ICC program, although it was focused on lung disease and heart um, heart disease, the reality is most of what the team does is support them in the non-medical care, yeah. right? You know, connecting them with, uh, you know, meal support services, connecting with family and friends, bringing in those other resources to help them with their their activities of daily living, to be able to bathe, et cetera. Those are the things often... Um, not only can we maybe prevent them from needing to be admitted to hospital, but we're finding is we can also reduce the number of times that they're readmitted to hospital. So it, if we can do that, it's really win-win. It's a much better patient experience. Patients, you know, people want to be able to stay in their home and be supported, but it also then creates a little bit more capacities in our very stressed hospital system. We've heard lots about the baby boomer segment of the population and mm-hmm. it moving its way through, uh, obviously getting into retirement years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how big an issue is this in the future? And I've also had some mm-hmm. say to me that although it is going to be an issue, it's going to be a temporary one. Now, that being said, we live longer than we used to live, but it's very much a generational thing and the pendulum will swing back. No, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think that's that's frankly forcing us to be more creative in how we, how we do things. So I think one example is the announcement that we had from the Minister of Health yesterday uh, supporting uh, patients in, in social housing mm. uh, and partnering with the City of yeah. uh, City Housing Hamilton and St. Joe's, supporting um, different uh, residential environments where we can provide care where patients live rather than always building new facilities that are in, oh, you know, long-term care facilities obviously are, are you know, needed in the system, but we also have to be able to flex and to be able to provide services in a very different way. So if we can... Um, create housing in an environment where there's still um, the social aspect of what people need, but we can bring the services to them. So I think it's really pushing 
us as a system to say how can we provide care differently and be much more flexible in doing that so that if there's a need like we're seeing in the hospitals over the last few months huge pressures in in hospital beds that we can be quick to react if we're if we're more open-minded around how sounds we like the house calls coming back it is it is absolutely and you know our, our our doctors have been an important part of this and how they're connecting with the team and you know bring our personal support workers in and and they really develop a, a really important relationship uh, with people in the community when they're caring for them on a daily basis and it it helps with the social isolation as well, which is a really important component. Uh, obviously, a very political issue anytime you want to talk about health care. Mm-hmm. Is there a model? Is there somebody doing this right? Is there another country doing it better than I can? Are we all just doing it so differently we just have to take bits and pieces of good to, out of them all? Is there is there someone or somebody or some country we're looking towards? I think... <clears throat> You know, I think we always have to look at what the local context is, but then look at other uh, other um, environments. So if we look at one of the things that we've really been looking at is the um, the ACOs, or Accountable Care Organizations in the U.S. Not that we're mimicking that exactly, mm-hmm. but that's looking at how do you bundle care and, and bundle payment um, so that one organization or one group really is accountable for supporting care for patients so that we're not handing patients off through the system. That's certainly been a model that we've looked at quite closely for the ICC model at St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of other things that have been um, developed over the last few years, like Health Things, which is a really uh, innovative model, but has roots in, in some models that have been being developed in, in, in Quebec, for instance, and other, other jurisdictions. So I think it is a little bit around stealing shamelessly from other models that work well. Uh, with, integrated, with integrated care, are we just assuming it's an older patient? No, not at all. It's, that's a very good question. So for, for some patients, um, and, and not all, even in our chronic disease um, group, sometimes they, they may be, uh, you know, we've had patients in their 30s and 40s who mm. need that, that level of support. Yeah. Um, and in our surgical programs, it definitely can be uh, a younger age group for sure. What advice do you have for um, families who may have someone who's gone through mm-hmm. uh, a scenario like this that would require your services or even somebody with an elderly situation mm-hmm. when it comes to drawing on these services? Where do they start? What do they do? You know, I think it's a really important question because one of the most challenging things sometimes is actually identifying what resources are in the yeah. system. Uh, I would really encourage patients, if they're in the hospital, to be working with their discharge planning team who can connect them into the LIN. And they have this information, And they they? have the information. And sometimes it truly is just around having... So we have community connectors um, that work for St. Joe's Home Care who all they do is if they get a referral, they'll just just connect people in and see what resources they need. And sometimes it's very simple things, but that's the thing that will make a big difference. Uh, as you move forward and transition from one type of delivery to another, uh, how do you, uh, what are your challenges? Is it the difference uh, in the patient care from the patient's perspective, yeah. or is it just convincing everyone that we need a new model? How do you, people don't like change. You know, it's challenging, and I think one of the challenges that we've had is that we've all been providing care in our own environment. So if you're in the hospital, Mm. you know, great teams provide great care, but they don't see how care is provided in the community. Everybody's in a silo. Everyone's in a silo, and I think even just exposing for everyone how care is provided, you know, how how things function differently, the expertise that everyone brings to the table. Um, I think just opening that team up, and that's certainly one thing that we've been able to do with this model is is open up that experience to everybody. And I think there's some very um, important questions around funding, not necessarily new funding, but how do we make sure that the resources, the, the financial resources that are in the system follow the patient to where they need the care? And I think that's another 
barrier that we've been trying to break down with the ICC. In the end, you're trying to keep everybody at home as long as you can. Everybody, or get them back into the home, get them care, because it's obviously more cost-effective to do it that way. It's more cost-effective, and for the vast majority, that is their preference. They want that. They want that. Yeah, good point. Uh, Carolyn Goss has been with us, Vice President of Integrated Care, St. Joseph's Health System, uh, President of St. St. Joseph's Home Care. Uh, Carolyn, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Good luck. Thank you very much. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.